0: Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code THPN, as in the, uh, hockey... Uh, podcast network during (laughs) sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. William, it's like riding a bike, which (laughs) I frankly can't do, but I could play fantasy basketball. Uh, Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up Against the competition. Feel the sweat, in quotation marks. Like never before, every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all of the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Oh,
1: because they're manipulating it to say that um, people are getting too much
0: off the dole. Exactly, exactly.
1: Fascinating. Mm -hmm. All right, Simon, it is time to welcome people back. To another, <laughs> to another episode of Maybe, Maybe. Next, Next Time. I am your host, William, with my co-host, Simon McCormack! Nets Nation!
0: You ought to push that panic button!
1: <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation. But before... We get into the nitty before we get into the gritty, Simon. Coach and I would like to ask you one very significant
0: question. What's the cue? How the heck are you doing? <laughs> well, William, you've been in my presence for <laughs> a day and a half now. Early, 24 24 Unrelenting hours. hours. Um, but always good to check in. Yeah. Um, I'm doing just fine. I've... Uh, You know, stuff's terrible in Nets Nation, but I'm trying to focus on other aspects of my life, and this podcast is making it difficult. (laughs)
1: Like how Republicans are manipulating (laughs) jobs reports to say that uh, the government gives people too much. And they need to take it away. Yes, exactly. Um, All right. Nets Nation is, (laughs) like our nation nation, is very much in trouble. (laughs) I don't know if the causes are as deep and systemic as they are on a broader scale, but there are problems in Nets Nation, and we are here to address them as we do faithfully week in and week out, Simon. Mm -hmm. Um, We played a little team by the name of the Milwaukee Bucks, (laughs) (laughs) not once but twice, and they beat us pretty convincingly in both. Outings, um, this is concerning because something you and I have talked about at length <laughs> the last month or so is how important it is for the Nets to get the number one seed so that they don't have to face the Bucks in a potential playoff matchup in the second round. hmm uh, That... Is That is no longer seeming like a possibility. I think we'd have to win all the rest of our games, and Philadelphia would have to completely collapse for that to, to happen. they
0: have to lose at least four of their last five. Right, and we would
1: have to win all of them. Yeah. Um, so, at best, at this point, we're going to be playing the Bucks in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what about this recent skid has got you so panicked? <sighs> so,
0: I... I I just think it really brings home what what um what I've worried about for for months now about this team like those Bucks games in particular. Um, full disclosure: I did not watch the Mavs game, um, but the the Bucks games in particular, it was just clear that they were the more physical team, they were the more dogged team, they were the better defensive team. And the Nets just completely shriveled from that challenge. They were having a great deal of trouble scoring. And then on the other end, right, like they could have ramped up the intensity and said, okay, you know, some pushing and shoving is is being allowed here. Like, I don't know if you saw like PJ Tucker and KD were kind of going yeah. at it. Like, well, you could that too on the other end you could try to rough up Giannis right you mm-hmm. could try to, to get in the face of a Chris Middleton but instead it was just like easy open layup for the Bucks. extremely challenging shot for Kyrie or KD um, on the offensive end and it's just like that is clearly how you beat this team we've seen it with good teams beating us and we've seen it even from not so good teams like say like the Knicks or whatever who have almost beaten us by just getting like tough with us And though I know you're going to get into some stats here, and I do definitely think this team is better, at least in the regular season, and almost certainly in the playoffs as well with James Harden. um, I don't know that he's going to fix that particular problem. So I I am deeply uh, concerned for this team for those reasons.
1: Yeah, I think you're right to point out P.J. Tucker. I would describe him as a problem for the Nets. <laughs> it's amazing to see a guy like that who is, at the end of his career, he's sort of like the Bucks equivalent of, of Blake Griffin, right? A, a, a much less heralded one. Like, when we got Blake, everyone was like, oh, this is a cheat code. This team is sa- stacked. They just got an all-star. When anyone knew, like, Blake is not an all-star anymore. He's an old old man who has to very much adapt his game. It looks nothing like the Blake that people loved. He's like a spacing big now who like can get physical defensively but is basically relying on like just experience in the league yeah. and not like a real toughness. Whereas P.J. Tucker, everyone's like, yikes. The guy <laughs> stank the big right. one. But you watch him out there against Kevin Durant and you're like, Kevin Durant is is troubled by P- by uh, by Tucker. Yeah, and he's totally up in him. They're like going back and forth in the in like the the free throws. Mm-hmm. They're chirping at each other. It's obvious that he's getting under people's skin, and he's really effective defensively too. Like he he stops KD. So yeah, it, it can be a huge problem. I guess the silver lining to the whole thing is what you mentioned at the end, and that's that James Harden wasn't playing. They were at full health they had they've been they've been playing together for a while they had Drew Holiday and Middleton and Giannis that's as good as the bucks are going to get and they needed a whatever it was 47 48 49 point game from Giannis one game another enormous game from him the next game um in order to beat us, and
0: we didn't have one of our three stars. So, yeah. does that give you any any comfort? Yeah, I mean that's the only thing you can cling to, because um, otherwise it's just two losses to the team you're going to face in the second <laughs> round, and you might very well be the uh, not have home court um, right for for that series. Yeah, if we don't if we don't turn it around fast,
1: I think maybe another element not to dwell too much on the on the Bucks mm-hmm. games here, but. I know it was clearly the net strategy to essentially give Giannis any shot he wanted outside of three feet. Mm -hmm. But, and, you know, fine enough. Like, he's not going to shoot that well from three-pointer most games.
0: Right, he's not a 50% three-pointer.
1: No, definitely not. But it's also, like that's just because DeAndre was out there too. Like uh-huh. even when Blake was Blake was playing off of him, but you could tell there was a there's a there's a litheness to Blake. It again, an old washed Blake. That there <laughs> just isn't to DeAndre. like yeah, yeah. you can tell like if Giannis is clearly about to shoot it, Blake will shuffle out there and put a hand up. Mm-hmm. With DJ, there's no shuffling out there. DeAndre is going to watch him do it. Uh, and, he, and he's from wherever he happens to be standing, which generally is very, very far away. Right. So I think, and I'm, I, you know, I know I text this to you and there's pro- this is probably a conspiracy in Nets Twitter, but maybe we're saving Claxton and yeah. he could be a secret weapon and be, be sort of a, a, not stopper of Giannis, but a guy who's way better to have out there on the court. Um, for defensive schemes against the Bucks than DeAndre Jordan, who is just a cancer.
0: Yeah, I think I think a combination of Blake, uh, Claxton and Green is okay ish against Giannis. I'm not like terrified of right. of that.
1: Right. It's better than—I mean, DeAndre is just very clearly not the guy you want out there in any situation, but particularly in that situation. Yeah. Like, I guess if we were playing, like, the Memphis Grizzlies, right, and we had Jonas Valanciunas, that would be a guy you could conceivably be like, all right, in all the hypothetical NBA scenarios we're talking about, this could be a decent DeAndre Jordan matchup. But beyond that, beyond, like— Time traveling back to
0: 1992, uh, he's going to be completely useless. I do think uh, Embiid he was okay against. I, I think he might be all right against Embiid. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, no, Embiid did score, you know, 37 points or whatever it was when he last yeah. game. So
0: not great. No, not great. But he seemed to like bother him more than than a Giannis. And that's like the. I'm thinking over a seven game series,
1: (laughs) the 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 likelihood of DeAndre remaining uh, a nuisance for Embiid versus Embiid figuring DeAndre out. Oh, I'm gonna give Embiid (laughs) the benefit of the doubt on that one. Maybe not though, because as you've said, um, your your armchair psychology of the Sixers that they're they're fragile.
0: Yes, yes. I, I was impressed with, again, it's just a regular season game, and I was impressed with the Bucks psychologically. Giannis made some big shot, like big free throws at the end. Uh, um, Middleton had at least one crushing shot. Um, they were quite poised. Yeah. yeah. And Drew Holiday is effing good. Yeah. <laughs> I have not
1: watched a lot of Bucks, and I know we talked about Drew Holiday endlessly. Is he going to be a perfect fit for the Nets? Is the defense yeah. that we want? Blah, 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 blah. He is good. Like, that guy is a really sm- smart. Like, he can shoot it. He's really good down low. Like, Mm -hmm. he has some good low post moves, especially against other guards. He is a complete pest on defense. Like, he gives Kyrie Irving massive problems, um, which very few other guard—I mean, very few players, period, seem to give him problems um, when he's going. Uh, But Drew Holiday can slow him down, so— not good.
0: <laughs> Not good. And and also Drew is like perfect for switching. Like he can he can guard Durant in a yeah. you know in a switch or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Now he's he's
1: he's uh scary. And we're gonna, you know, if we get through the first round, we will definitely uh see them in the second round. Um which takes us to our headline of the week. James Harden, quote, very confident, he'll return before the postseason. Simon, not to trigger you, but what does Simon sends a scan scam? Think about that.
0: I am praying for that man's scans. <laughs> I really am. Um, nothing would make me happier. Nothing would make me happier than seeing James Harden out there, looking even okay you know, mm-hmm. uh, it might be a lot to ask to, 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 see the James Harden, um, that we saw in, in March, um, right out of the gate, but just somebody who is there to like run the offense. Uh, cause we really have not had somebody who is like a, a full on facilitator of offense, right? It's a lot of like with Kyrie and KD and I don't even think it was, I mean, I hope Mike James can't hear you, but go on. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> But I just, I, the way Kyrie and Katie have been playing recently, and I don't think it was always this way with them. Like in the early going, I think they had more of a a back and forth, more of a fluid offense. But these days, it seems like it's just like a my turn, your turn sort of isolation mm-hmm. type play. Um, and with James Harden, it's more of an actual, like, offense. He's, he's sort of stirring the drink and getting people to where they, they want to be and getting them the ball where they want it. Simon, I think we've, we've said a lot
1: about, you know, whether Harden helps or not, or KD and Kyrie are good together. I think it's time to, to simplify it a little bit uh-huh. and just say the Nets suck without James Harden. <laughs> <laughs> But they don't suck nearly as hard um, without James Harden as they do when just KD and Kyrie are playing. Mm. There is no worse version of the Nets than when KD and Kyrie are playing together. Mm. And so let me <laughs> let me explain that a little. Um, with Kyrie and KD playing in a game, they've done it twenty three times this season. We are a shade over five hundred with a twelve and eleven record which is not good, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, With in, in the 44 other games that we've played, with maybe one or the other, but not both of them playing together, we are 31 and 13, which would be a 700 winning percentage. And then with James Harden playing with one... Both of them. None of them. Just games with James Harden. We are 27-7, and seven, which is basically an 800% winning percentage, which would easily give us the best winning percentage in the entire NBA. Harden equals <laughs> wins with this team. They aren't good with Kyrie and KD. I have Long held, (laughs) for two seasons now, I have long held that those two do not make a good team for the very reason that you're talking about right now. It devolves into, all right, what's our offense this time? I don't know. Maybe Kyrie will take it and do something cool at the rim, or KD is going to shoot a three-pointer. And it doesn't lead to wins. It hasn't this season. Would we be in the play-in tournament? Yeah, if if those two were healthy every game and their record, and you extrapolated the record out,
0: yeah. Now, I, I the only thing I will say is that it's hard to. It, it, you can't have a one to one compare. I mean, I, I think that's compelling evidence for your point. Don't get me wrong, but you, you we, we can't have a one to one comparison of like what Kyrie and KD would have looked like. With the supporting cast that, that
1: with Kara Sliver and Jared, Jared Allen, Allen or yeah, so, yeah.
0: Um, but totally, totally fair and impossible to say that that otherwise that that um, James Harden has been the the secret to winning. I'm curious. I suspect that we have a below 500 record when it's just Kyrie as mm-hmm. our only star um, out there. That certainly is my impression. I have, I don't have the stats up, but. But um, so I do think that KD helps <laughs> in, in that regard. Uh, but yes, it's it it hasn't been um, it hasn't been the dream combo.
1: No, I think that James Harden is a floor raiser, right? You can only be so bad with James Harden. Kevin Durant is a ceiling raiser. He can bring your team up to a an extraordinary like championship level team but i also think that the floor is way lower if you're just mm-hmm. everything is around kd and kyrie is a fa- it can be a positive add-on but is absolutely nothing on his own yeah like he himself will
0: never be the centerpiece of a great team no and you know i i had not really thought about this particular reason why we've talked about other reasons But one reason is that he he really is quite small. Yeah. And, like, when, yes, when it's a Drew Holiday or when it's, like, a big physical defender, it's a real problem for him. Whereas, like, yes, Kevin Durant can be bullied, he can be pushed, he can be made um, less effective. But, like, he's seven feet tall, he's a good shooter, he's, like, going to get his points. But, like, Kyrie can just be kind of, like, swallowed up, um, I think, because of his size in part.
1: Yeah. And also he just has a very strange approach to defense, (laughs) right? right, It can be really fun. Like he can get some really interesting steals and he sort of buzzes around and disrupts stuff occasionally on defense. But it doesn't seem to be in, like, a team scheme sort of way, you know? Like, you don't, you don't see him, like, playing a pivotal role on, like, the wing of a defense. Like, the interesting stuff that he does on defense is seemingly completely driven by his own sort of, like, I'm going off and roving and trying to to disrupt something uh-huh. like trying to strip the big or trying to poke the ball out as I see a guy, you know, a guy going to the hole or something. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it's, I, I don't know whether we have a winning record with just Kyrie, but I would doubt it. And I certainly hope not to find out because <laughs> you don't want that guy to be the best player on your team. Right. um, I want to introduce a new segment, Simon, called, It's More Than a Feeling. Uh (laughs)
0: Uh-huh. So I think
1: one thing that we've um, noticeably lacked in this latest losing skid Uh is a clutch guy. Yeah, which is kind of not weird. good, yeah. yeah. Because I mean, we got KD and Kyrie, and they've had, especially early in the season, some games where it's just like the end of the game, they're just raining threes, and it felt amazing. That has gone away. So I wanted to see, um, especially regarding KD, if he really has been bad at the end of games or if this was just a feeling. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see okay. if it was more than a feeling, Simon. Yes um, And the answer is yes, it's more than a feeling <laughs> KD has a very, very efficient offensive game, as you know mm-hmm. uh, He shoots 53.8 from the field and 46.7 from three Yeah Which is a career best I mean, that's in, that's like a percentage worse than Joe Harris Maybe two percentage worse Who's the league leader in three-pointers? Um, So he's had an extraordinary shooting year. But, well that's nice. We're going to have a (laughs) hairdryer in the uh, background, listeners. Eat it up. Um, But in the clutch, his numbers plummet. In the Mm. last five minutes, he is shooting 26.7 from the field and 25 from three. In the last three minutes, he's shooting 16% from the field. This is all season. This is the whole season. This is the whole season. And 14% from three. And in the last minute of games, he's shooting 14% from the field and 25% from three. So, obviously, these clutch numbers are extremely volatile because they're small. Yeah. Um, you're you're not taking a lot, so I was trying to like look at Joe Harris's numbers in clutch, but like he's averaging 0.6 shots in the last five minutes, so it's pointless to to, to try to extrapolate anything from that. But Kevin Durant is getting a lot of touches, a lot of looks, and a lot of shots in the end of games, um, and apparently the majority of those aren't going in. <laughs> so what do you, do you think? It's just this happens small sample size. these games don't really, really matter um, or do you think um maybe this is like where you begin to see the impact of the injury mm-hmm. and is this just what we're gonna what we're gonna be dealing with like he just by the end of games, he's tired. Or, you know, he can't get the lift that he used to get. Or whatever you need to be an efficient end-of-game scorer. A Dame-time, Damian Lillard-type end-of-game guy.
0: Right. Well, so I I guess my—I mean, that is worrisome. Because I think the whole thinking around the James Harden trade, or, or my thinking, was like, you know, he'll he'll help in the regular season— And then he'll help in a lot of playoff game portions. And Mm -hmm. then you don't have to rely on him in the clutch in the playoffs because he has been pretty bad. Totally. Um, I think we've said that half a dozen times at least. Right. So, um, you know, Kevin Durant was going to be your clutch person. And maybe a side of Kyrie is like a... a, If, like, KD is tripled or something, Mm -hmm. you get it to whatever. Yeah, so that's very worrying. I think you just have to hope if you're a Nets fan that it is like an adrenaline junkie thing or something, like mm-hmm. a Mariano Rivera who was like notoriously like if you put him in in a non-save situation was like one of the worst pitchers, really, because like he needs the the and and sometimes even when he come in in save situations he pitched terribly until like bases were loaded right. with like no outs and then he would just shut them down. And so there is something to certain people who are just like have to feel (laughs) like their back is against the wall. Yeah. Um, He was, he's not good in non-save situations. The, 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 the bases loaded thing is kind of an anecdotal. It's not kind of an anecdotal thing. That's an anecdotal thing. Um, (laughs) But like, and was like incredible in the world series. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, Really good in the postseason. So yeah, I think that's what you have to hope is that, is that maybe he just doesn't have it dialed up. Um, But yeah, that's the only thing I can say. I mean, those numbers are terrible. Um, He is critical in who we want to. I mean, I think you still want him taking the shots until further notice. Um, So, yeah, that that's that's another thing to be concerned about. All right. What do you think about Joe Harris? Do you trust Joe
1: Harris in big games, in big moments, in the playoffs? Um, I know that. Nets Daily wrote a fawning article about him recently, but it just struck me that in these games recently, like, I just don't ever remember big, big Joe Harris moments, and he seems to fade, like I said, in that when I was looking up his clutch moments, he averages like .6 shots, so he's just not getting the ball, and, you know, when you have three other stars, maybe he shouldn't have the ball, but... How do are you? He's had a really great season. He's a sharpshooter, but do you think Joe Harris is a guy who's going to uh, be able to provide the value he does in the regular season
0: and in the playoffs? Uh, Which it's I mean, it's, it's a hard question because it's feeling. Yeah. I think I think so. In that, I think just having him out on the court is like that's one fewer player on the defense that you feel like is going to be doubling. You're, you're probably going to hope to not be trapping off of Joe Harris's man. Um, so that in and of itself is valuable. And, and you know, I, I don't really know about Joe Harris in the clutch. Like, he had that pretty clutch three, um, again, in the second... I think it was the second game against the Bucks. Um, But... Um, in the playoffs in the first you remember the D'Angelo Russell team, mm-hmm. he was so bad in the playoff series. It was like the worst he's ever played, basically.
1: Yeah, and he was really um, bad on team USA. Right, right. Which is not the, exactly the same thing, but that's like a big moment, right? That's a yeah. that's a big stage, rather.
0: And he was completely terrible in that situation. So, right. So it's it's things like that, and it's the things like, you know. Landry Shamet being terrible over the last couple of games. Like, you're just like, if you're not going to get it from Kevin Durant, like, your options get markedly worse mm-hmm. over every... Because you're not like, oh, well, we can always throw it into Claxton. Yeah. Like, if all else fails, you know what I mean? We'll just use KD as a decoy and get Claxton. Like, there isn't another... Yeah. There isn't someone out. There is, like, James Harden, there is Kyrie Irving, but, like, you know... Um, they should not be who you're like secretly hoping the ball goes to. I don't think. No. Uh, um, yeah, uh, Blake. Blake. You trust Blake? No. <laughs> I. I mean, I and, and and nor you know. I. I mean, there's just very few people that you really in the NBA that you feel like super confident, right? Yeah. Um, and I think of Kevin Durant as one of them. Um, even with your um. Even with your stats and, and Kyrie to a lesser extent, um,
1: Kyrie has yeah. seemed like a I don't know a bit of a funk as well lately. I mean it he had could, a good game the, the Dallas the Dallas right. game was good.
0: Yes, it could be a Ramadan based thing. That's what I think you have to hope is like he's very hungry. Yep, or he's just fasting. off his. Normal feeling, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he's he's not been good. Uh, other than right, his his best game of the year, <laughs> <Right>. where <laughs> we can't. get stomped. Well, yeah, we, we lose by four, certainly.
1: Um, yeah, but I yeah. mean, the, the end of the game, they completely mm-hmm. they completely right. owned right. us, and we fell apart. Right. Um, we do have to, of course, get back to the classic Kyrie storyline here. With the headline, NBA Finds Nets, Kyrie oh, Irving yeah. for repeated refusal to participate <laughs> in post-game media. I will say, we are in a much better space than maybe the even the last time we had a Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, does some other, you know, very
0: problematic. The, the Kyrie conundrum, I believe. The is Kyrie the official, conundrum, The official right, was segment our, name.
1: It was, <laughs> was our segment, yes. Um So we haven't had one for a little while. Last time we had it, it was like just, you know, like the seventh or eighth in a row where it's like every week, anything that's happening on the nets had to be subsumed into a story about how Kyrie Irving was doing X bizarre thing. Um, We've had a little reprieve from that, you know, accepting the fact that he is now all of a sudden fasting and a Muslim. And maybe that is something that we just weren't aware of. Uh, entirely possible But I can't remember him doing it last season No Or any time with the Cavs or the Celtics But people change um, Anyway, the point is He's back in the headlines for all the wrong reasons Refusing to talk to the media once again uh, Do we care? Do we move on? Do we dwell obsessively? Is this foretelling... Uh, A dark period for Kyrie, or is this just um, just angry, bitter media members uh,
0: enacting some vendetta against the guy? (laughs) I I mean, um, I just—I think I'm at a point where I'm more worried about other things. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it is a concern. Um, I saw that he did talk to the media um, after the Mavs loss. Um, but, which was directly after the fine. Um, but, you know, yes, always in the back of your mind, you should always keep, they like, will it be a personal day? Will it be a a weird Instagram post? Will it be another fine? Um. Will he say something in these media interviews that, uh. Inadvertently or intentionally throws his teammates under the bus. Like you always have to get <laughs> right. those things, but it's so funny when I think about this. Like I n- knew that this like thing, but yeah. um, when you were talking about it, I was like, oh yeah, like right. that happened. Like it's just not at the uh, highest right. level that it that it once was. Right. In terms there of problems, there
1: are many, many more concerning things that are <laughs> happening in Nets Nation than Kyrie getting fined <laughs> for the thirteenth time this season for refusing to do you know a part of his job. Um, Do you think it's possible That Kyrie Irving takes a personal Game or two During the playoffs Oh
0: yeah I mean I don't ever ever want To be on this podcast (laughs) Or even in my personal private life Saying Like No I don't think Kyrie will do that 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 seems a bit too far for Kyrie Because I just never want to be on the side Of that equation so no, I I I got it. I would not be surprised if if he takes some personal days. I hope he doesn't. Certainly, but like no, I don't think anyone should. I think people should kind of again keep that in the back of your mind. There's a simmering Kyrie thing right. that could erupt at any moment. Um. Yeah, I. <laughs>
1: Well, God love the guy, but <laughs> we're going to have a crazy, crazy playoff story with Cut. <laughs> it seems it seems faded at this point. Um, I was thinking about the New York Knicks recently. Okay. And in some of these games, as you mentioned, in the Bucks game where they were getting a little physical with us at the end, they ended up seeking it out. It harkened back to the... Game that we almost blew mm-hmm. against the Knicks when instead of doing what every other team in the NBA does and foul us endlessly at the end of games uh, in order to try to get possession back, they actually just guarded us and like kept stealing the ball and then almost came back and beat us. And they're continuing to be pretty decent. And, like, you know, I think they're in fourth or fifth. I'm not sure. Fourth, I believe. And I could just – they're just not a team I particularly want to face in the playoffs because they are all the things that this team isn't. They work so hard every night. Their their defense is, I think, fourth in the league. Um, and I'm just wondering, is there a team out there maybe that we haven't, like, other than the Bucks and the Sixers, that you are growing concerned like if we end up facing this this team that we're just sort of writing off as like the only teams that could possibly challenge us are the Bucks and the and this and the Sixers. Is there another team in the East that's got you a little worried? The Heat. The
0: Heat. Um The Heat is a big one. I also fear the Celtics, but more so I fear the Heat. Uh, they've been there before. They have, you know, they have players who know they can be clutch, especially Jimmy. Um, and a lot of why—correct me if I'm wrong—but I feel like a lot of why they are around sixth or seventh seed is not necessarily that like they've stunk, although it's a part of it, right? Some like Duncan Robinson hasn't been as good, etc., mm-hmm. etc. But like mostly, like Jimmy Butler's been fantastic when he's been playing. It's just like health. Um, so if they're healthy. Um, you know, they certainly have the confidence. Like definitely. I have no doubt they will be, they will not be worried about playing the nets um, or intimidated. So um, that I definitely fear them. Yeah. I think Jimmy Butler
1: has more like playoff fear factor than all three of our superstars combined. He is just a terrifying guy to have to go against. Like, he's not nearly as skilled as any of the three of our best players, but good God. His intensity, his like, I mean, he's 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 a crazy person. Uh, which, but not in like a Kyrie sort of like, no, not in a destructive um, way. Exactly. <laughs> in like a, I am <laughs> monomaniacally focused on winning at all costs. And it is the only thing that drives me. And anyone who is not on board with that should get the fuck out of my way. And I'm dragging every person on this team into that sort of psychotic frame of mind. Um, which is really fun from like a fan's perspective. It would be hell to like be his teammate. I feel <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but
0: yeah, he's he's pretty scary. Uh, what about what about Hawks? Ka-ka! I I mean, look, I think any team could beat the Nets. I'm pretty low on the Nets right now, so yeah. don't get me wrong. But even if Harden comes back, you think there's a chance they could lose in the first round with Harden? Yeah, definitely, definitely. 'cause I think again it comes down to physicality. it comes down to are these are we like a bunch of choke artists like are all of our like sort of decent and helpful like ancillary players are they gonna totally melt away and be awful like right. they pretty much have been in the more intense games <laughs> like um Bruce Brown was good, but like mostly it's like. Oh God! Yeah, like... TLC. Tyler Johnson. Come
1: on, guys. You <laughs> right. can do it. You can do it. Right. Um, speaking of which, there's a lot of talk right now, uh, and I haven't actually read many of these articles, but I've heard on a few podcasts people talking about like which team has the mo- like as the most at stake in losing a first mm. round series uh-huh. so like what which team would suffer the most repercussions from a first round exit uh-huh. and that that often brings up like the clippers yes. if they do it like okay they got to get rid of paul george are they going to be able to keep Kawhi, but you know like they have the most they have 150 million on the books for next year that's crazy which considering
0: is, Kawhi isn't guaranteed for next year right. right
1: it's totally insane how much they're spending and so like that's obviously a big example of it yeah um I'm sure like, yeah, like the Bucks, like would Budenholzer get, would, would get run out of town if they lost in the first round, et cetera. Do you think, what, what do you think would happen if the Nets lost in the first round?
0: Well, here's Are what we I. Are we
1: one of those teams,
0: basically? So I, here's my tentative answer to that. And I kind, and then I'm, my first thing, and I'll circle back to this is, I sort of wish we were a team like that. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think that if we lost in the first round and it was a disaster and there was like big panics, um, then you might see the nets being like, okay, can we trade Kyrie for some picks? Can we trade maybe like totally blow it up? Right. And be like, okay, let's just, this, this sucked. We were very expensive. We don't work together. Let's trade James Harden. Let's trade Kevin Durant and trade Kyrie, and it'd be like, okay, well, we're gonna have a, like a lot of picks. I think you get a lot of picks, <laughs> yeah, but, and and like some decent, good, promising young players. Um, and I think that would be somewhat helpful, right? In some ways, I would rather have that happen than like get really close and then you know not get anything, and then like in a year have no um, chance at a future. Um, but. What I think will happen, William, even if we lose in this next round, is that we've got the ready made excuse of like the you know, our three stars only played seven games together, we were five and two and we did really well and we have so much potential and my god, no one has ever suffered so much of injuries and so much adversity and you know, no team could ever really uh, you know, and COVID was so weird. It's such a weird season. It's so crazy. It's a one-off. We'll never – and that's just built in. I think that's just built into whatever happens. Even if we get swept in the first round, <laughs> they will say that, um, and it may not actually be true. Yeah,
1: I, I completely agree. There's there's very little of that looming, like, all right, everything's in place for this team to succeed if they don't hit the panic button abort. Um, it's definitely a, this is a freak outlier season. We can't draw any real conclusions from it. Let's run it back. And I think, you know, I think that could change if it's a first round exit, Mm. but barring a first round exit, I don't, I don't foresee this being a blow up thing. Obviously, you know, I'd love to know what we could get for Kyrie. I do not want, this team to blow up. I think having KD and James Harden is a recipe for a team that could 100% contend. But I would, I would love if Kyrie were (laughs) just to know like who, who's interested, who would want Kyrie? What could, what could this team get back for Kyrie Irving? Um, but I don't think that we're going to have it for the very reason, like have, get to see what that is for the very reason you say. Um, whether it's it's true or not,
0: yes, right. I do think if we lose in the first round, that should be a p- panicky thing a, f-
1: a, a first round exit would be pan- like would cause
0: panic for this team it would have to yeah, I just think there's still they're just there I can see the I can see the quotes I can see the quotes about <laughs> like we had such a promising this and there was we had such a good regular season and Blah blah blah, um, you know we just need more time together. Right. Well, Simon, let's hope we don't lose in the first round.
1: Yes, I would very much like to see this team minimum get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yes, Agreed. I feel like that's that's that just that's got to happen. I agree with you. I'm actually not that worried about the Bucks, to be honest. I mean, not having James, you know, you can't just casually like this is something that Zach Lowe talks a lot about um, about last season when the Sixers were swept by the Celtics in the first round, and like, yeah, Ben Simmons wasn't there, but still, like, they shouldn't have gotten swept, and it's like they didn't have their like. One B guy, uh-huh. like that. That's like if AD or LeBron isn't there for the Lakers and they lose in the first round, no one's going to be like, ah, you know that team's just that team's just wrong. They suck. Like fire the coach, blah blah blah. It's going to be like, no, they were missing an incredible, like incredibly important thing. So not having James Harden is similar to me in that way. It's yeah, like, yeah, we, you know, we lost close games to the Bucks without our second best player maybe our best player, like yeah. from winning, right, right, regular right. season winning perspective. So, yeah, I'm not that that concerned about it when we're at full health, but that's the problem, <laughs> whether your scan, scam medical staff is ever going to have this team at full health. Yeah. Um, all right, let's turn to the theme. Oh, yeah. Zara funds are theme. Tell us what.
0: Our theme is. <laughs> Thank you for the intro. Um, this is your Zara Fun. Um, Zara theme. Zara Fun, Zara theme. Ready for today's theme, which is Nets as Sculptures, Sculptures as Nets. <laughs> um, bringing Sculpture to Nets and Nets to Sculptures. <laughs> yeah. Why, Simon, <laughs> are we doing this? incredibly relevant theme um because today we went to storm king storm king um the sculpture garden of the stars uh <laughs> <laughs> in where <a> sculptors sculpt <laughs>
1: and
0: sculptors uh keep sculpting <laughs> um uh right which is in the Hudson Valley um it was uh, it was fun, and uh, now we're doing <laughs> sculpting. And I actually have um mine. Why is...
1: don't yeah? Why don't you why don't you get us started here? I don't I don't have a, an easy comp, okay. but I'd love to hear wh- what you're going okay. with this one. Well, should like we it. ask our listeners first of all uh, if they if they have a favorite sculptor mm-hmm. or sculpture? Yeah. Uh, to send it into us?
0: Yes, tell us your favorite sculptor.
1: Yeah, who's your favorite sculptor? Hit us up at maybe next time at gmail.com or on Twitter. Who's your favorite sculptor? Simon's
0: is Auguste. Hold on. <laughs> That's true. Um and I'll I'll start it off for you, William. My um my first sculpture is uh, doesn't, doesn't Rodin do the thinker? He does the thinker, yeah. He's so, got okay. the head scratcher, <laughs> the thinker, the thinker is Kyrie Irving because he's always <laughs> thinking up there. <laughs> Rodin did it first, he did it best <laughs> so.
1: The sculpture you're choosing for our segment, based on Storm King, mm. is a sculpture—the one probably the most generic and popular sculpture sculpture in the world. With great and two, reason, that ha- isn't anywhere near the sculpture garden that we went to today. Mm. <laughs> That's a good
0: point. I'll have to think about that. Rodin style. <laughs> so nothing from today's. Oh, that's my second
1: one. Oh, so There's a sculpture from today's. Okay, so for... you had to get the thinker in because that is that your favorite of Rodin's sculptures? Yeah, the goodie. <laughs> Have you seen any others?
0: <laughs> Let me
1: think on that. <laughs> um, what do you? What is it about his sculptures that like draws the, you? The,
0: the, the black marble. Yeah. Okay. Love Kay. that.
1: It's not marble, but well, what is it? Granite? No. Um, I th- they're cast in in. I guess.
0: Uh, brass or something like that. They're metal. They're not metal. Yeah. Well, I never touched one, so I <laughs> guess I don't know. Marble isn't black. <laughs> marble isn't black. Okay. Well. Here's the issue. Um, yeah, that's my number one. Okay, you, all right. <laughs> you want to know my number two you want to go?
1: I mean, I don't really have a good answer to this. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, why don't you come up
0: with one? Yeah, the one from today. Number two. Yeah. Um, the statue that we saw today, huh? this is more to your liking, that's... of the Buddha's head getting crushed by his foot. Yeah, 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 by the three feet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That is Landry Schammett. Oh. He is all in his head, and it is crushing his head with a foot.
1: (laughs) All right. I got one for you. I got one (laughs) for
0: you.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, Listeners, thank you for listening to this segment. It is. We promise next week we're going to come with a better theme.
0: (laughs) This one is good. How is it good? People love (laughs) Rodan.
1: The Thinker. Kyrie Irving, because he's always thinking. Uh, So I'm going to do one for Kyrie Irving, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be The Thinker, but it's going to be on a similar vein to that. We walked by this massive, probably the biggest sculpture in the entire Uh, In the entire park today um, was, what was it, like three or four long steel beams up into the sky and sort of like this boxy teepee like metal sculpture. Mm -hmm. And then it had just this preposterously pretentious title. Which was E equals MC squared, which is Simon and My's favorite physics equation.
0: <laughs> and favorite
1: uh, Einstein equation. Einstein equation. This is also the same sculptor had a sculptor, you know, not far from that, which was called Mozart's Birthday. Uh, so he's a true artiste of, of uh, pretentious titles. And that is what I would say Kyrie Irving is, right? <laughs> like, he he comes up with something, and then he comes up with the most bullshit way of explaining it uh,
0: imaginable. Mm. Not as good as The Thinker, huh? Well, it's up to you to <laughs> judge. Why don't you tell us, folks? Are you a Rodan guy? Or uh, I think Mario de Suare Suavo yeah. Suavo? I don't know. Okay. I also like how prolific Rodin was. A lot yeah. of sculptures. Okay. Okay. What name another one? I don't know any of them, but I haven't. We have,
1: s- we have an entire hall. In yeah, the I know. Don't I
0: know it? And I've been to the outside of at least the, the the Philadelphia Rodin Museum. Oh, cool. So the guy's got a whole fucking museum. Yeah, and he's got one in Paris too. Uh, that's that's prolific. Uh, the Frenchies has got one too, huh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: The birthplace of sculpture (laughs) 19th century (laughs) Perry Sure, we've been painting for a while Let's sculpt
0: something (laughs) But have you tried Sculpture? (laughs) Let me think on that Rodan stuff. We're going to
1: we're going to mercy kill this uh, (laughs) this podcast. But before we do what we what we're going to do is we're going to recommend you go back and listen to other episodes, (laughs) maybe better episodes and then write a review based on those episodes. (laughs) Five star, five star, wherever you get your podcast. It helps us. Oh so very
0: much. We need it. We need it. We, we gotta, gotta have, it. have
1: it. We love it. Simon, um beyond you know gritting our teeth through the end of this season, what are you most excited about the next week in the next upcoming week?
0: <sighs> um Nets wise. No. Not Nets Yeah, Not Nets Oh, we got that um, birthday party coming up
1: Oh, right That'll be great Yeah, Thursday, birthday party, Branded Saloon uh, Would you say if our listeners have ever been to Branded Saloon, they should let us know?
0: Yes, tell us Tell, tell us whether you've been there Right and Just and, a yes or no Just a yes or no We don't <laughs> want to know anything else And put it in the subject so we don't have to open it Okay You been to Branded? Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening. Thank you in advance for your answer to that question. It's
1: amazing that you were that you reached out to us about whether you've been to Brandon. We'd, we'd, we'd love to hear it. We genuinely would love to hear it, even if it were as simple as a yes or no.
0: Mm-hmm. No, honestly, tell us anything you want about Brandon.
1: Yeah, if you like it, if you've had a good experience, a fun experience, a bad experience. Truth be told, I've had some bad ones there, so you don't need to be shy about it. No, open up. Let it off your, your chest. Um, all right. We're going to, again, we're going to get, we got to stop as, as good as this has been great theme, Simon. Uh, I like Rodan's masterpiece. am uh, going to do some thinking. Uh, <laughs> How we can improve in the future. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We just want to bring you all the best content we can. That's right. Sometimes it's a swing, and sometimes, folks, it's a big old miss. But we try our best week in, week out. Uh, You know, get your bets in now at DraftKings.com. You got to do it. You got to do it. Uh, Anyway, all right. We will go ahead and uh, see see you next
0: time. Uh,